0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And uh, this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We spoke to musician and Manchester United fan Tim Burgess. who has been doing some brilliant stuff online in lockdown. He's... Twitter listening parties, uh, and we had a chat with him. He was on good form. What else did we like, Andy, today?
4: Yeah, uh, striker was fun. It's really, I don't know, it's really grabbed me. I don't know why. Well, yeah, episode 44, something ridiculous. Well, Andy Smart.
3: 44 tomorrow, yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. Andy Smart came in with his five best cricket films. quite an eclectic mix, but he was on good form. Yeah. Uh, then we spoke to Clive Tilsey, didn't we?
3: Yeah. Clive uh, has got a little uh, a new venture he told us about and reflected on the the 99 Champions League final. He was commentating, of course. It was the anniversary of the day. And uh, Mike Warm was on good form as well. as We looked at tonight's TV. And, of course, don't ask me. Andy was looking for back-to-back victories. Could he do it? Let's find out. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good
4: afternoon, Ed. Good afternoon, Paul. And it is interesting, top-level sport, because we had two days off from the table tennis, and we went back on Saturday. We couldn't even break 100. It shows you why they play practice, darts players practice every day, and snooker players. Because you just just get rusty. And uh, (laughs) then we finally... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, then we, but we we got back on the wagon over the weekend, but we still didn't break that record. It's still eluding us. Eight thirty-seven. We got a seven thirty-five. That was very very annoying, and a wow. six eighty-three. But I'm afraid with the what is it? Eight thirty-seven. Looking behind me, they sound it. like
3: this sound like the start of dog races. <laughs> <laughs> All the time the trans- dog races start. <laughs> I've
4: got a good transfer rumour for you. Oh, yeah. Chelsea are after Porto wide player Jesus Corona. Which sounds more like a reaction to discovering you've caught the virus, really, yeah. isn't it?
3: Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> funny, yeah. You, you're not going to want that on the back of your shirt, are you, in six months' really. time? <laughs> well, no need for not. that, mate. No, he plays for Chelsea. Oh, I didn't realise, sorry. <laughs> that's right.
4: A uh, very good letter from Mark Smith in Worcester, where I think, wow. uh, to the Times, people, I think they've been sort of coming up with names for golf shots, and he's come up with this one, the Dominic Cummings. That's a long drive out of bounds. You missed that I'm with,
3: one. Yeah, I'm just. Saying my, wife just caught, my wife just walked in, like really purpose. She's not helping my material, is she? I do apologise. <laughs> she's not. No, I thought, what's happened? She said, "Where's it gone? Where's it gone?" Like she's going to take the fly out with one single punch. So I can live with it. It's just a fly. It's not a problem. It's okay. I'm trying to get in. Trying to get in on the show now. <laughs> I'll, so I'm sorry, I'll, I'll yeah, order dear. you
4: one of those I'll order you one of those tennis
3: rackets. No, I'm not doing energy. that. I'm not I'm not killing them <laughs> off, mate. I'm ushering them out of windows.
4: Well, you know, they are a bit of a health risk. No, I was just saying this bloke Mark Smith has come up with his name uh, and the listeners have heard it, so there's no point in me saying it again, but I'll say it for your benefit. <laughs> it's the Dominic it's the Dominic Cummings. Yeah. It's a long drive out of bounds.
3: Oh, I'm we- oh, yes, yeah, that's clever, beautiful. That is very really. simple. your own work, clever, though? Is it that? somebody else's?
4: Well, I know. I'm admiring it. It's oh, okay. perfectly allowable.
3: Yeah, yeah
4: it is. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. If, I had to re- if I had to rely on my own work, it would be a disaster. That's true. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest. Um, Do you see this that uh, Louis Vuitton, the uh, well known bag company of not, not leather goods, not the plumber, no, Vuitton plumbers. They'd be do expensive.
3: They'd, do you think they'd sue? If you, um, if, if you put on the side of your van uh, Louis Vuitton plumbers, they mm. couldn't argue. I mean, we had this situation. Where Joe Lysick went a bit mad on this. with Hugo Boss, yeah. didn't he? The idea that you might be confused. But if, if, you, if you thought, yeah, it looks classy. I mean, as long as you don't use their typeface. But if you put on the, yeah. hello, Louis Vuitton, you'll go and get me rods. Well, you could know. be Louis Vuitton, couldn't you? Or Lou that, Vuitton. I mean, if you're going to go for it, go for it. But I mean, they wouldn't have, they couldn't cease and desist, could they, in a case like well, that? One's you know, a plumber, I one's on, uh, high-end handbags. Have you had? Well, have uh, you had a gone problem slightly medium. off message? What was that in the flyer? <laughs> <laughs> having a day off—it's not good.
2: We really. have actually got some sport to talk about. Well, I was now. just telling you about Louis Vuitton.
3: Oh, yeah, go on, him. <laughs> I've got to finish it now. Well, he's They've very football, out. isn't he? All the players have the wash bags, don't they? All the players have the. The Louis Vuitton washbag This yeah. is: This
4: is football because they've brought out a table football game uh, for <laughs> Do you want to guess how much it costs? Um, Vito, table I'm football say game
3: nine ninety nine including postage and packing. <laughs> have another guess. I'll only do this once. Have okay. Another have guess, another guess. Um, Three thousand six hundred and seventy two pound twenty five pence.
4: <laughs> In near sixty two thousand pounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> every aspect of the design reflects meticulous craftsmanship with hand painted players and cowhide leather coated handles. Hmm. The imposing piece is enhanced by subtle house symbols such as. Counting coins, inspired by the monogram, monogram flower and a Louis Vuitton engraving, so the logo. Wow. Blimey, you should be fined sixty-two grand if you buy that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport.
3: me and Jacob's here on Talk Sport, That's Empathy for the Devil by uh, Tim Burgess from his uh, new album. Tim has been uh, busy in lockdown, apart from uh, I Love the New Sky, the album. He has been hosting some uh, Twitter listening parties, a chance to uh, listen to some great uh, old albums in the company of the people that made them. I'm very pleased to say, Tim, big Manchester United fan, joins us now. Good afternoon, uh- Tim.
0: How are you doing? You alright?
3: Yeah, good. We're good. good. Yeah, enjoy it like that. Very much like that track. I've been, oh, been Humming along uh, today. I yeah. mean, was was that all? Was that all kind of completed before this all kicked in? Have you been waiting to release this for a while?
0: Yeah, um, I finished it in October, so it's you know it, it was scheduled to come out on the twenty-second of May, always. And um, you know, just I had the option to to not put it out. Um, because of the lockdown and the coronavirus, COVID, you know. Um, but I just thought people would and have something to look forward to.
3: Yeah,
4: yeah. I'm I'm glad you put it out because <laughs> I've, I've basically I've burnt all my Spotify favourite lists. I've played them so much, <laughs> nothing. Left. So you're welcoming some new music that you didn't know about, and, and it was really good to hear.
0: Oh, fantastic! Yeah.
3: Is, is, is that what... Go on, Paul. I was going to say, the Twitter listening parties have, have been incredible, haven't they, really? It's uh, it's probably taken off in a way that you couldn't have imagined. I mean, where did, where did the idea come from originally?
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, 10 years ago, I did a Twitter listening party for the Charlatans' first album, Some Friendly. And, you know, people enjoyed it. And they enjoyed it so much that I did all of the Charlatans' albums. And I've done them a few times, you know, uh, over, over the years. Hmm. But um, you know, during the lockdown I tweeted that I would, you know, do Charlotte and Some Friendly again. And um a couple of people got in touch, namely Alex Kapranos from Franz Ferdinand and Dave Browntree from Blur and said that, you know, they're they're really into the idea and would I consider them doing uh, a listening party, which I thought was a fantastic idea, and then Bonad came along and said that he wanted to do definitely maybe, and all of a sudden we had a thing, you know. And um, so it was supposed to be ten o'clock every night. Everybody listens to um, an album at the same time all over the world, but now it's eight, nine, ten, and at the weekends. <laughs> Like five of them, and um, we're doing films now as well. And oh. it's you know, become a thing, so um, it's very enjoyable. It's you know, it's 10 hours a day pretty much, but it's worth it.
4: Have you discovered any music you didn't know about that you've sort of been turned on to?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, um you know, I was dancing away with uh, Rosheen Murphy. Um, mm. uh, I wasn't. I wasn't super familiar with uh, her music, but it's fantastic. Um, you know, and there's a like a Nada Surf record last night that I wasn't too familiar with either. I mean, all the time. I mean, you know, if it was just my choice, if, if they were just my choices, you know, it'd be quite not limited, but you know, because I've got quite a broad taste, but it would run out of steam pretty quick. Um, so it's open to everybody, really, all genres.
3: Yeah that's been yeah, the good thing about it I think that it has been a fairly eclectic old lineup it's 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 yeah. not just been a uh, kind of indie stuff you know you did 10cc the original soundtrack the other day and uh it has been very varied hasn't it
0: I mean that is just an incredible record and you know obviously I knew I'm not in love mm. um but i'm quite new to ten cc even though I've worked with Kevin Godley in the past i didn't really know his, his music until you know the past six months but that album fantastic yes uh, we are king um uh, really great kind of r and b album um uh, um uh, Vanessa Francis, um another eight o'clock kind of uh, so she's like uh, she's like um uh, Irish, uh, folk singer um and so the the eight o'clock spot now has kind of been like a, a place for new artists in a way, and um, and and people are tuning in and, and buying records, so it's fantastic.
3: Yeah, That's I good. mean, uh, how are they chosen, Tim? Is it are these just suggestions, or the artists coming to you, or going to the artists and saying, "We'd like to do one. Uh, would you be available on this day at this time?"
0: Yeah, um, all all everything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I ask people, people ask me, mm. um, people try and. Um, you know, people uh, are offered. You know, I've, I've double booked people a few times.
5: Right.
0: <laughs> um, you know, it's you know, it's it's all about the scheduling. I found.
3: <laughs> You've got uh, Lexicon of Love. You're doing A, B, C, which is an my love. You're doing that this week.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, yes. I mean, I I, I love Martin Pryce. Fantastic. And you know, to, to to get records like this. Um. I, I mean it's it's such a it's such a buzz really, you know, I mean obviously I've got you know, um a phone with uh, lots of um indie superstars in, in there. Um but you know when it reaches out to kind of, you know, eighties superheroes like Simon LeBron and Martin Fry then it kind of you know, you know you've got a thing. Yeah, and I'm just <laughs>
3: looking at the schedule. I mean, you've got so many coming up. So people are going to think, just put in Twim's, uh, Tim's Twitter, com. It's got all yeah. the future ones. And also, you've got all the replays as well, haven't you? The ones you've done so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that was a game changer, really. Uh, within the first week, um, uh, two, two lads who I've never met before, and th- they're just fans of um, charlatans, and um, they you know they, they they built a website and they um, helped with a diary and uh, then you know the magic was the replay um, you know the, the replays um, button which you can like you said you know listen to everything in real time and which is you know the game changer
3: excellent yeah I do recommend it go and check it out does look good actually? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was just looking. I was just looking at the website. He's it's looking really at good. the website? Let's talk a bit of Manchester United <laughs> we because do. Uh, are, are you are you suffering a bit of football withdrawal, Tim, or how are you coping?
0: Well, I'm I'm actually not suffering. I, I, you know what? There has been there has been moments where I thought, oh, um, you know, it's Saturday. I want to playing today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it kind of like just you know, obviously goes out as quick as it comes in, but um, yeah, little bits. I mean, it's always good, isn't it? To sort of, I mean, obviously for you guys, but I mean, for, you know, for for me, who's not the biggest football fan in the world, it's always nice to you know to to know what the results are.
3: Yeah. Why was I it? Mean, why why was it United for you then? How did? What was the origin of that?
0: Well, well it's, it's it's you know, my mom, um, her side of the family is Bolton Wanderers. Um, my dad's side of the family is manchester united um my dad um he's just recently passed away but he's uh, he's been going to him since uh, fifty seven so uh, it was kind of it was all always there really and me and my sister used to kind of you know fight a little bit about um, bolton and, and and manchester united but um yeah united won and you know and you know and, and and then i suppose like with the band taking off in the 90s it was like you know united. Um, you know, that kind of, kind of came, happened at the same time where they really took on a new identity. And, and I think we just ended up watching them and going to games and, and you know, seeing Ryan and, and, and Gary and, you know, and, and the lads. I took my dad to the opening of the Red Cafe when that first opened. And that was a highlight, a <laughs> life highlight for him. <laughs> so, um, uh, just, you know, just united.
4: Of course, it's a famous anniversary today, and uh, he must have loved that. Where were you in 1999 when that took place?
0: Well, I was uh, in Didsbury, and I had a TV on a box. (laughs) (laughs) So you weren't in the (laughs) new camp then? (laughs) I had a TV on a box, and, um, and I was just getting closer to it and closer and closer to it, and then it went in. (laughs) <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> were, you, were you were the band playing somewhere at the time, or were you say you were just at home or something watching?
0: No, I was just at home, yeah, right. just I mean, you know, I, I I do go to games, yeah. But as a, 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 I did mention earlier, I'm not like the biggest you know f- football fan in the world. I love going to United, and and uh, I only really watch United on on you know match of the day and stuff like that. But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, you know, I I don't make a massive effort to go to go you know right, okay. I, 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 you know but I, you know armchair fan i think called. Yeah. <laughs> well, you called
6: you did right. get you
0: did get gary neville play with the charltons at one point though didn't you i did i did yeah that was that was, a, that was a great thing because i was thinking you know that um it would be amazing to play on his on the hotel on his hotel uh five side pitch and mm. he thought that was fantastic and and uh, i you know um, part of the deal from me was that he would play with us and he he learned the song and um he insisted that we play it early on so we could enjoy the rest of the performance um if it was last he said he'd be too nervous
4: he plays um, guitar um, is that right guitar was it uh, he,
0: play, he played um Played on just when you're thinking things over, and, and we played it. I think the second song in, oh. and um, yeah, it's you know it's fantastic. You know, he's you know he it can do anything, Gary, can't
3: he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice one. So uh, the the new album is uh, available now. We're going to play out with another track, uh, Lucky Creatures. And uh, yeah, good to talk to you, Tim. And keep up the the listening parties. Mm. They've they've been great. I think they've been they've been brilliant for people. I think people have needed something like this. So it's it's a great public service, apart from being a lot of fun. So well done.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. Great to talk to you.
3: There we are. So uh, that's Tim Burgess there. You can uh, get all of his new album now. It's in all the usual place, of course. You can can buy a copy as well. And uh, we're going to play Lucky Creatures now.
0: Feeling lost and found Tackles on the underground so scared to put a foot wrong You don't even put a foot right Don't you wake up San Francisco at all Leaving on the same flight See you in the next life
6: Fraternity. The
4: Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk sport
3: And uh, we bring you Striker. This is the uh, series... Uh, that we've been running throughout lockdown. Steve Bruce is the author. That's right, Steve Bruce, the Newcastle manager, wrote three books. One of which was called Striker. They're all kind of murder mysteries. And uh, Ian Danter is uh, Britain's foremost Steve Bruce impersonator, and we're very lucky to have him. And he has brought the book to life for us. And uh, I think we're we're up to uh, was it episode was it 44 or something like that? It's <coughs> hard to believe, isn't it? 43, isn't it? Of it? It's a bit depressing, really. Yeah, <laughs> I said we've got to get hold of the next two books. Because oh, I think we've got a bit of time. I think we've got a bit of time uh, to go. Anyway, uh, should I get you up to speed? We're going to rejoin it now from where we left off on Friday. Lettersford Town Manager Steve Barnes, because it's not Steve Bruce, it's Steve Barnes, uh, you know, not, nothing yeah, to do with Is is mid-conversation with dodgy nightclub proprietor Terry Causton, Uh who's seeing Steve off the premises. <laughs>
6: He kept assuring me that I'd be welcome in the club anytime. I could bring my wife, my girlfriends, members of the team. There was no way I would take Susan into a dump like that. I kept no girlfriends and asked for members of the team, apart from Lawson, who would not be a member of the squad for very long. I didn't want my lads associated with drugs and illegal gambling. At the back door, the youth was still poring over his magazine full of naked girls. I walked to where the Jag was still parked. A police patrol car cruised by. The driver craned his neck to get a view of the Jag. Why not? It's an attractive motor. It was good to get to the comfort of my car. Here I was for a short time alone. I could use the telephone safely. Now that I knew more about Jimmy Lawson, I felt sure I had the man responsible for the murder. And my predicament. As I pulled away, I keyed in Harry's number. Harry Pickles, sports writer for the Lettersford Inquirer. Harry! Steve, how is everything? Fine, Harry. A piece of news for you. I'm listening. I've placed Jimmy Lawson on the transfer list, as from tomorrow. What's the asking price, Steve? Free transfer, I said. You're still in charge, Steve, he said that the message you want me to put across? Very much so Harry, thanks. My next call was home. Susan admitted she'd been worried. She would tried to get through on the mobile phone but without success, I remembered I'd switched it off earlier. I apologized to her. When a man is married, he spends a lot of time apologizing. Not only when he's wrong, but also when he's right. I promised I'd be home in about 40 minutes. I intended to keep my promise, too. (laughs) So there we are. A
3: homespun philosophy there from uh, Steve Barnes. Can't argue with that, can you? And Jimmy Lawson going on a free. I mean, I I, I wonder who will pick him up. We'll find out in the news bulletin a little bit later on. It's odd there because Steve used his own name, Steve. But yeah.
4: Susan, his wife. His, Steve's real wife is Janet. So, you wonder why he didn't call her Janet Barnes, for example. Well,
3: you know? I don't know. I mean, he had, he had his reasons. I still, uh, the mention of the Jag <laughs> again, if you've just joined us, the Jag has popped up a few times. Uh, yeah. The quality of the fully loaded Probably version. In Steve's of his. garage by now, well, I'd imagine. I, I do sense that uh, he, he, he popped up to get his new Jag, was shaking hands with the manager. And, And they were doing some photos for the Jaguar magazine, the local paper. And he had a cup of tea with the manager of the franchise. And he said, what are you up to apart from the football? Obviously, he said, oh, I've written a few books. He said, oh, yeah. He said, you know, I'm going to have to get them uh, printed. He said, well, look. A couple of mentions of the Jag in there, and we'll pay for the print run. I'm not suggesting, of course, that that's the case. You're just a big Jag fan. But uh, that, that wouldn't have been a bad, tra- but I'm sure that, that wasn't, I'm sure. Steve fronted it. oh it's a proper publishing company, isn't it? It's published by Paragon Press. I'm sure they picked, hmm. up, the, picked yeah. up the tab, and all the mentions of the Jag are very much in character. Pretty much in character, yeah. I think, for Steve Barnes, yeah. who, who, who loved the vehicle. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport with this for until four o'clock. Every uh, week around this time, Andy Smart, ball runner, comedy store player, cheese chaser, non-league football journalist joins us, friend of the show, and uh, gives us his top five movies from a particular sporting genre. We have reached cricket now after several weeks. Good afternoon, Andy. Afternoon, boys. Uh, before yeah, we, we do that, say really, yeah, um, we're, we're going to talk Sorry? cheese chasing. One of your one of your skills. Oh yeah, yeah. And yesterday uh, would have been uh, the spring bank holiday uh, cheese chasing at Cooper's Hill in Gloucestershire, um, yeah. but despite the fact it wasn't on for obvious reasons, the master of cheese, Jem Wakeman. Still climbed Cooper's Hill at five thirty in the morning and symbolically <laughs> dropped a wheel of, uh, of double Gloucester substitute. Gloucester, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, um, yeah, you would have been there. Why did he get
4: up so early for? Why didn't he do it well, at seven? Well, because he, uh,
5: because otherwise, <laughs> he, if he'd have done it at the normal time of midday, they would have had people turn up to do it.
3: Right. Because even oh.
5: even 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 on the year they had the foot and mouth disease, people turned up and just chucked themselves off the top. I mean, it's such a steep hill. It is absolutely crazy, but they, they they they've been doing it for like fourteen hundred years. So hmm. uh, they're not really going to stop now, are they? After no, 1400 that's very years. true. No, so very we'll
3: true. move on to the cricket movies, and, yeah. and uh, we are, we like to play a clip of as many as we can, but uh, which would be fine for maybe a <laughs> Hindi-speaking listeners. I don't know because uh, obviously we cricket so many of the great cricket films are based around uh, Indian cricket. Not all of them, as we will discover, but we are going to kick off with one uh, that that falls into that category, Jersey. Yeah. Tell us a bit. I'm not going to kick off with a clip. Oh, right. Sorry. I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to kick off with you. That's what I was waiting for. (laughs) Sorry about that.
5: I think it may be lost. No, it would be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It would be difficult because it was made in the uh, Telugu language right uh for that part of india um and it's it's a it's, it, was, it came out last year and it was so popular uh with a subtitle version they're now remaking it as a, as a bollywood film uh basically it's a story of a kid in new york who uh who sort of gives this woman a, a book in a bookshop and then she says why are you giving me this book and he said oh it's about my father and it turns out then it goes then you get a flashback back to 86 And it's a a player on the outskirts of the national team who, who, because of selection politics, he doesn't get picked. So he gives up cricket and he he gets a job as a a civil servant. And then he gets accused of bribery. And then his, his seven year old son, so he's got no money. And his son says he really wants an Indian Jersey for the Indian cricket team, the the pale blue Jersey. And he says, I'll get you one. I'll get you one. And then he can't get the money together. And he ends up playing in a charity match. Uh, He's promised a big fee and he doesn't get it. And it's it's just, it's just, it's a real feel-good movie. And he ends up, you know, I, will, I won't spoil it if anyone wants to watch it because it's, it is just a, a great feel-good. Like, um, it's really weird watching the Telugu and the Hindi and the, the Bollywood movies about mm. cricket. It's, it's very much like the uh, Disney films uh, about sport. Uh, they're all about uh, good versus evil um, and there's always, there's always some massive obstacle that they overcome and then they, they, it all comes good at the end. And it's, it's, it's very, very along the, the Disney lines, this one. But it's a, it's a good watch. What, what are the
3: cricket scenes like, Andy? I mean, in terms of in a lot of these films, the actual, I mean, we often talk about the hardest thing of doing a football film is to shoot the football. Are they, are they quite yeah, yeah. good or not?
5: They? Yeah, they're not bad. I mean, the guy that plays the lead had never played before. So he actually, he actually did 70 days training. With a with a, a cricket team to 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 get up to you know a, a good standard good enough standard to be in the movie. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's not there's not that much cricket. I mean there's not much cricket in most of these films to be honest. No. <laughs>
6: it's, <laughs> it's a it, shame.
5: It, it, I, it's, it's been quite hard to find. I think I found a total of 21 films for this. So, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, not, not as easy as baseball or, or, or boxing, let's say that. Um, but, yeah, this was this was one of the ones I enjoyed.
3: Okay. Uh, well, on to number four. That is a um, documentary, isn't it?
5: Well, it's sort of a documentary, but it's, yeah. it's got a lot of acting in it. I mean, there's, a, a, there's the young kid who plays the young Satchin. It's called Satchin. Mm-hmm. A, a billion dreams uh, he got the title by tweeting out you know what should i call my film and he picked the the, the best one and that was a billion dreams uh, and it's uh, it starts off with a, a little kid playing him and the kid's brilliant It just, just steals the whole film <laughs> um and it, it's just it's sort of uh, then it uh Sachin does a bit of acting in it as well playing himself in certain cool. locations Uh, Yeah, he does all about the match-fixing scandal. They bring that up. And uh, there's a bit where he's with Shane Warne. And uh, I didn't realise he was such a big fan of Mark Knopfler. Oh, and right. And yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he loves him. There's one bit, they play the whole, they play the whole of Sultans of Swing, while they sort of o- over the top of loads of sort of footage of him playing. But they, they don't sort of cut after about, you know, a minute. They play the whole song.
4: <laughs> Surely that's a bowler's song, isn't it, the Sultans of Swing? <laughs> you would think so, yeah.
3: Of course really? it is. That's, that's very true. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'll, I'll, I'll cut you some slack on that one, Ed, because there's been some brilliant cricket documentaries. Uh, the Edge was great yeah, recently. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Edge Babylon we saw, didn't we? The cinema That yeah. was great. Yeah, I'm trying.
5: I'm trying to avoid documentaries, so yeah. I, 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 I allow myself this one because there's a quite a bit of acting in it. There's so. a bit of
3: acting in it. Yeah, Fire yeah, and Babylon, yeah, yeah, yeah. sensational as well. If people looking. Uh, oh, anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. On to now. This is this is a, a departure from from the kind of Bollywood films. This is called Wondrous yeah. Oblivion.
5: Yeah, it goes back to 2003. This is a a, a really good, feel-good Sunday afternoon movie. Uh, Wondrous Oblivion is a story uh, of uh, uh, an 11-year-old Jewish boy who lives next door to, well, some Jamaicans move in next door to him on their sort of terrace street. And the dad puts up a cricket net in the back garden. And and this, uh, this boy's always loved cricket, been terrible at it, and he sort of, he basically makes friends with the Jamaican family, and they they show him how to play cricket. And it's just yeah, it's a it's a feel good movie, but it, it deals with with the racism of the 60s basically. That's what uh, it's we, about.
3: We got a clip. Hmm. We got a clip of actually. We had a clip of uh, Sachin, which I forgot to play. I'll tell you. Let's do. Let's oh. play
0: Sachin. We'll
3: play. Let's just take you <laughs> out of all the roofline. Yeah, give you go. A little, on. We'll give because James Erskine, the the, the guy that made it, uh, popped in source in the studio, and he's oh, yeah. he's mentioned oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, here. So let's give you a flavour of Sachin, a billion dreams first.
5: The concept of the feature is is it's about Sachin Tendulkar, of course. But what we're trying to do is really explore how he became. The sort of God in many ways, but also the man behind the God, and get into his personal life. I
6: think it's a story that needs to be told. It, it's a beautiful story. It's a very sensitive story. It's a story of extraordinary talent, but it's a story of great toil, of hard work, of struggle. It's not. It's. It's. it's not been easy being Tendulkar.
3: There we have our old mate Harsha Bhogle. Yeah. There, the uh, love Harsha. In, Harsha in, uh, Indian cricket journalist and broadcaster. Anyway, it's a Wondrous Oblivion. Uh, set, it couldn't be further from uh, the Sachin film, uh, suburban South London in 1960. So let's give you a flavour yeah. of, uh, of that movie.
0: You are not to start getting ideas. We have nothing against them, but we don't mix.
2: Julie, it's a real professional. You want to play?
0: Take
2: your back we you show us some sweet music.
4: You will get us into trouble. We are glad to
2: have you here, Davy. You? you say after me, I want to be in the team. I want to be in the team. We were just noticing how friendly your son is with the new revival. I haven't encouraged it, Mrs. You haven't
1: stopped it, neither, my dear. And, and caught. Off. It's
5: a win on
3: my There we are story of sort of racial tensions in the early uh, yeah. 60s as well as a cricket movie, Andy, yeah?
5: Yeah, the tagline was a wide-eyed boy in a narrow-minded world. And Ooh. It's just, that's um, yeah, that sums it up perfectly.
3: <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I've done, you know, does it get shown on yeah. the box much? I wonder if that's available. It seems a bit of does. a lost movie, that. Box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds good. Okay, we'll look out for that. Uh, wondrous yeah. Oblivion. Uh, number two, um, what have you gone for there, Andy?
5: I've gone for Iqbal, which is right. this, this. This is one of those films I stumbled across late at night on channel four when i was i became a bit obsessed with because we like a lot of people when we do the improv show at the store shout out um, bollywood and so i i started watching quite a few bollywood movies this one came up uh, it was about one o'clock in the morning on on a wednesday night and i just fell in love with it it's the story of a cricket obsessed obsessed deaf mute boy from a little remote indian village as he tries to win a spot on the indian national team and just, it's just i mean great, it, it? It, <laughs> it really is one of those bollywood films that push the envelope as far as they can there's, there's some very unusual like training techniques he wants to be a bowler and uh, he, he paints up numbers on all these water buffalo that he's supposed to be looking after and then he bowls to a, uh, an old drunk uh, from the village uh, and makes him hit the ball. Uh, his sister holds up a number and then he bowls it where the, the, the bloke's going to definitely hit the ball to the, the numbered water buffalo. So there's lots of shots of this water bu- buffalo just being hit by cricket balls, which is a Sorry. very weird Ca- scene. Cow corner, effectively. <laughs> cow corner, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there's this match fixing and there's, there's rivalry with the, the, the evil uh, batsman, Kamal, who's got everything think, from a posh school, and he's from this sort of tiny little village, and his dad hates cricket because he says that they're, they're just overpaid idiots who, who, wow. who waste so much work time. It's uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's loosely based on a true story, strangely. All right. Uh, yeah, really? yeah, and, uh, and Kapil Dev appears at the end. Oh, okay. As, as, as the uh, selector for the Indian cricket team, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. It, I loved it, I love it.
3: That one is in Hindi, but I saw a trailer in, with subtitles, so I take it your your Hindi is yeah, sketchy, yeah. Andy, so you watched no, it with I subtitles, <laughs> did you? I did yeah. watch it with
5: subtitles, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay,
3: yeah. Uh, well, before we get number one, we often ask about the ones that uh, that maybe could have made it but oh. didn't quite. I mean, I suppose it's quite difficult with cricket <laughs> fiction movies, isn't it? I've yeah. got, well, got one. i go on, yeah, go on, Yeah, Yeah, that
4: was made for television but is a film. It's Ooh. one of the best oh, yeah. things I think cricket. You're
3: pu- I think you're pushing it there. I know, but I know yeah. what you're going to say, Channel four. Which... Patang
4: Yang Yang Kippa Bang,
5: Kipper Bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, wonderful yeah. film, it is, and yeah. it's had yeah. John Arlott's in it and it,
4: I think it's a film. It's an it's an hour and twenty-five minutes, which is longer yeah. than a TV show. <laughs> it's, yeah,
3: so, it was made know. as a film, yeah, it's yeah.
0: very
5: true. Written by Mr. Rosenthal. very good writer, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, very good. So yeah. okay, we'll give you yeah. we'll give you that one. Um uh, I've, now,
5: I've Australian films, yeah. Uh, you'd think Australia with their love of cricket, they'd have some great films. They've got the three worst films I've ever seen in my life. One was called, (laughs) the the one I I, I managed to last about half an hour this one. It was called, I Know How Many Runs You Scored Last Summer. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound great. It was, a mustachioed serial killer works his way through a cricket team for revenge 20 years after after he'd been traumatised.
4: Oh, oh, no. by Steve
5: and Bruce, killed, is it, by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> he kills them with different bits of, of quick cricketing gear, like you know, stumps he? and... and uh, oh, does God, he asphyxiate oh, someone
3: with a box? <laughs> I, I hate to think what he does with the bales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a thought.
4: That sounds like a rice stinker. Well, I can't believe There's you didn't nothing- include that great Disney one, the Nathan Lion
5: King.
3: Oh, no, don't start down that route. <laughs> don't start down that route. The there, was the other,
5: there was another one called Backyard Ashes, which is basically about backyard cricket, which is very popular in Australia, Yeah, uh, where you, you get points for hitting different different parts of the, the wall and stuff. And um, it, it's, it, it, it starts off with this, this English bloke comes and plays with them and he, and he, he hits a ball that knocks the cat into the barbie and they then play for the ashes of the cat. Oh, it's it dark. Is <laughs> sorry, kids. Sorry, oh, kids. It's dark.
6: Oh. Bad. So we're, we're
3: time for time only. Give us number one. What's your number one?
5: Number one would be uh, uh, be Lagan, Lagan, which has uh, got quite a few of my mates in it. I was nearly in it. Uh, it's got uh, Chris England, Howard Lee, Ray Evans, Ray Eves, sorry, and John yeah. House, and it's it's basically set in 1893 in India, and they've got a, a this uh, match between the English and the local villagers. Uh, so that And if, if the villagers win, they don't have to pay their tax for three years. And if if the uh, English win, they can triple the, t- the tax for that year. Yeah. And it's just it's just it's so beautifully shot. It's three hours, uh, 45 minutes long. Wow. And, yeah. Uh, but it's beautifully shot. There's some fantastic. If you like the Bollywood dance scenes, there's some fantastic yeah. dancing. The cricket is unbelievable. Chris England plays the final Bowler, my mate Howard Lee, he's uh, he, he he got himself the, the the cricketing pads and the as the wicketkeeper, so he's in almost every shot. So if oh. you're ever in a cricket film, play the cricket, play the wicketkeeper, and good uh, idea. it's just <laughs> it's just a it's oh, it's just a great film. It's got everything. It's got match fixing. It's got it's got uh, good versus evil. It's got it's got. Uh, uh, just, uh, It's got a hat
3: trick, it's got everything. It's okay, well, we, we, no, I'll su- tell you what we we'll do. We'll, Andy, we're going to have to be ever so quick because we're late. No, Andy, no right, very, very say? briefly,
4: just yep. to say that I don't know what you're planning for next week, Andy, but uh, it struck me that there's a quite a lot of miscellaneous sports. with this slap shot about hockey, there's Fox Oh I no, about no I've got
5: that. It's all planned, I've got it's, it's all sorted. Planned.
3: He's on the case. Right. <laughs> uh, I'll tell
4: you what
5: we'll do. Yeah, yeah, okay. We won't play
3: a clip of Lagan. We'll play a bit of music from it because it is a musical. Uh, and uh, so we'll play a bit of music and we'll catch up with you next week, Andy.
5: Lovely. All right. Cheers, boys.
4: The Hawksby and Jacob's daily podcast
0: from Talk Sport It's
1: a sharing. Are the champions of Europe again? And nobody will ever win a European Cup final more dramatically than
3: this. So there we are, Clive Tilsley commentating uh, mm. for ITV on the Champions League final in 1999. It's the anniversary of the day. It's also the anniversary of uh, Arsenal winning the title at Anfield in dramatic fashion 10 years earlier. And a man that was commentator at both those games joins us now. Clive Tilsley, good afternoon, Clive.
1: Hi, guys. You're right.
3: Yeah, we're yeah, good, good, thank you. So. Yeah. Uh, what what is what is it, the memories the memories that come flooding back of 99 when you when you hear that first off.
1: Oh wow. Um it was it was probably the biggest nights in my career because um it was the final game of my first season succeeding the late great Brian Moore as ITV's senior commentator. Uh, which were the most massive boots to fill uh, wonderful commentator uh, even more wonderful man in many ways and that uh, it's been great the last um, couple of weeks there's been plenty of opportunity to listen to Brian in action again with the uh, ITV Euro 96 uh, reruns hmm. and um, I guess if I'd messed up those last three minutes um I probably wouldn't be having this conversation with you now <laughs> I think um, I wasn't on trial I had a contract and I'd been at ITV understudying him for two years prior to that and he'd mentored me in many ways but um there was 20 million people watching that night Manchester United were chasing a treble and of course the uh, events were as extraordinary as three minutes of football as we probably any of us yeah. I've witnessed and I managed to get the goal scorers right. <laughs> <laughs> it's an illustration,
3: Clive, of how important, obviously, I mean, it, it's fantastic from a career point of view for you, because you've got this fantastic, dramatic conclusion and that piece of commentary that, that's sort of going to be played forever. But you're very reliant on on the players, aren't you? Without that comeback, it's a pretty routine 1-0 to Bayern Munich and, mm. and, the, and the game doesn't have that same resonance, maybe.
1: It would have been a flat finish to the season because obviously the, the treble chance would have disappeared. It would have been a particularly flat finish for me because not only had it been a disappointing game up to that point, the one goal that had been scored, I got wrong. Uh, got the goal scorer right, uh, but I thought Basler's free kick had been deflected. I I blame Peter Schmeichel wholeheartedly, um, <laughs> as I think he probably was to blame for the goal, the truth's told. Um, But he was the best goalkeeper in the world at the time, and I just assumed that the free kick had clipped the wall and wrong-footed him, and it was only when I saw the replay that I realised that it had gone clean through and Peter had missed it, and I'm thinking with five minutes to go, here I am, biggest night of my career, the job that I'd always wanted, um, and the only goal of the game, and I've (laughs) I've got it wrong. (laughs) 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 so thank you Teddy and thank you Ollie
3: (laughs) yeah that's right Teddy's on the sports bar later on so uh, he'll be able to explain more with Andy and Jason but Andy what were you going to say yeah
4: well of course 10 years earlier that was uh, Arsenal at Liverpool and uh, that's one of Brian Moore's big moments isn't it I mean up for grabs now it's one of the most famous bits of commentary but you were working in radio at the time
1: I was working for Radio City the Merseyside radio station and obviously, the the previous two months had been extraordinary, in, in in such a different way. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't make the natural association between Hillsborough and that event, and the fact that Liverpool were going for the the league and cup double, which, as we know, was a major major achievement in in, in that era, and um, it would have seemed to be almost the the you know the emotional fitting climax of this extraordinary um, event that, um that the football club had had to deal with Kenny and Marina Dalglish just extraordinary response to the aftermath of uh, of Hillsborough and here they were a minute away you know the famous close-up of Steve McMahon walking around the field holding up his index finger oh, one more minute uh, Kevin Richardson had been limping uh, it looked like he was going to have to come off and then he dispossesses John Barnes and I was I was heartbroken not because I was a Liverpool fan but because I was a local radio commentator having my story spoil. Um, but little did I know then that Lee Dixon and Alan Smith would become two of my better friends in football, and they were both nearly as heavily involved in the uh, in the decisive goal as Michael himself.
3: Mm. Now both the games we've mentioned, you, you did for every game you commentated on over the years, you did prep notes for, and I'm sure people have seen these little kind of crib sheets with. All the teams and all the subs, the referees, notes, stats, little neat, aren't they? Very mini pen picks of the players and um, copies of these, Clive, are now are now available. You've set something up, haven't
1: you? Today, I see. Yeah, there's been a little bit of interest in the uh, the commentary charts that uh, I've compiled for the big games that I've commentated on. They seem to have sort of found their way into the public domain in the in the last year or so. Social media and the likes and um I just thought that it it, it was a, a nice keepsake for people almost a memento of the special games a strange memento because the commentary chart that the commentator compiles with all that information is a snapshot of the kickoff it, it all it tells you is the lineups before a ball was kicked and in a way it leaves you free then to recall your own memories if if, if you look at this, Framed piece of art, football memorabilia hanging in your office or downstairs loo or whatever. Then hopefully it'll it'll bring back people's own recollections of whether they were at the game where they watched it of Brian Moore of you know the um, the of, of of Martin Tyler's commentary commentary of the Manchester City Queens Park Rangers game. So we, we, I picked out nine very famous games from the last. Uh, well, the earliest would be Everton Bayern in 1985. Um, drawn up and printed off the uh, the commentary charts, and we've made them available now for purchase, um, either rolled or framed. Uh, and you can see all these on www.commentarycharts.com. Yeah, Andy, yes, they've, got, they've got they got Chelsea, Chelsea
3: Bayern there. I think that's up your stream. Chelsea, Bayern way.
1: is there. Mm. Oh, that's good. And how I was first much... there, which I did off tube. So you, there is a Tottenham game there too. Uh, there's also the final, which I did ah, off tube. But no. You, may, you might not necessarily want to buy the one from Madrid. <laughs> I'd go for the one from Amsterdam. <laughs> okay.
4: How much, in in my life, how much do you... Yes. <laughs> sorry, I was going to ask you because they are quite small. I mean, you're in, a, you're in a commentary box. I mean, this is your skill, of course. But, I mean, how easy is it to use these notes as you're commentating? Because you're looking at the pitch. You're looking at the monitor. You've got these notes in front of you. You're reacting to what's going on. Do, are there games where you just don't even mention some of the stuff you've come up with? Or do you always use them in some way?
1: I would hope that we'd, you'd, you'd never use more than ten or fifteen percent of the information on there. I mean, if there is such a thing as a skill to being a, a, a commentator, it's not drawing up up the charts. Anybody can do that. It's it's how you use the information. It's the editorial uh, editorialising. It's the journalism, if you like. Because if you just submerge your listener or your viewer in fact after fact after fact, uh, you're going to turn them off. So that you know the, the the information is there partly as a safety net um, and and partly as a bit of a comfort blanket because I think psychologically if you look down at those notes a a minute before the the red light comes on, what they say to you is you spent the last two days doing your prep, you've done it properly, no excuses, on you go. Um, The charts that we've actually printed up are, an authentic reproduction if you like because firstly because the originals tended to be auctioned for charity I mean Sir Alec Ferguson had his two Champions League victories framed, the originals actually in his office at Carrington oh. he made a very generous donation to a cancer charity and I gave them mm. to him and one or two others have found their way into clubs museums and stuff and they tend to be spread over two or three charts but two or three Uh, sheets when I when when I'm working so what I've done is condensed the information written it out personally it is a a, if you like a a, a mini version of the chart that we would use uh, for a game or I would use for a game Good
3: stuff, Clive. Lovely to talk to you as
1: always. Uh, we'll catch
3: up with yes, you soon. Guys. Thanks very much. Take care. Indeed. Bye-bye. Clive, Bye-bye. Clive Tilsey, there. You can go and get those yeah. uh, commentary sheets. They're nice-looking things. They are, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're fantastic. So commentarycharts.com for uh, more information. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. So uh, we turn to TV uh, this evening and uh, we'll discover what's worth watching, as always, in the company of uh, stars, Brighton supporting Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, guys. We're doing anniversaries today. Today was the uh, the day that the I think the replay was played in the uh, in the oh. FA Cup final. But we're oh. not going to dwell on that. We're going <laughs> to move
7: on. You really are rubbing salt in. We're going to move, oh we're gonna move on. We're going to move on. That was
3: that <laughs> was a <laughs> low blow. Was not <laughs> it? <laughs> only, Smith had, yeah. <laughs> only Smith had scored. <laughs> yeah. So um, Rob V Ramesh. I know uh, Annie's been watching you. Yeah. been enjoying it. Yeah, and, uh, it's been fun. It's cricket, again, it's, a part, it's part two of the cricket. It's part session. two, because the cricket
7: trip, which is the final part of the series, the four-part series, um, obviously was worth more than just one episode, and it's great yeah. fun. The first episode last week was, n- well, there wasn't much cricket in it. Not much cricket. <laughs> there was a lot of lot of filling. As, as cricket, you know, if you watch cricket over the years, you're used to people filling, uh, if necessary, but this is obviously <laughs> for other reasons. Um, this second episode has a lot of cricket in it. Um, we saw last week they got a bit of coaching from uh, Kevin Peterson and they're able to put the uh, what they've learnt into into uh, into effect uh, in this one because they turn out on the pitch uh, in their full England whites during the lunch break to undertake a challenge with Nasser Hussain whacking a few uh, balls for them to catch and to see which of them can uh, perform best uh, with their new fielding skills. Right, I won't that's not going to be good. <laughs> I won't spoil the surprise. It's great. Interesting. They also get... Um, uh, in, uh, uh, to meet the balmy Army, which they decide uh, is is slightly less scary than they'd anticipated, but best of all, they get to step into the uh, the Talksport commentary box with uh, Darren Goff and Neil Manthorpe. Yeah, I
4: remember it actually. Yeah.
7: <laughs> uh, it is hilarious because they are utterly hopeless. But what's brilliant is that uh, the reaction on social media was immediate and throughout yes. this this clip you will see <laughs> all the, com- all right the comments going up, <laughs> you know, at the top of the screen of people, you know, who get this bunch of muppets off. Please <laughs> please make it's it because- stop. <laughs> commentary is very difficult. It I worked is. with a
4: guy once. He, was, I won't name. He was a comedian, not David and Frank. It was way before that. It was a comedian, and mm. he said to me, "We were doing a, some sort of celebrity game we were covering on TV." And he said to me, oh, "It's easy, this commentary, lark, oh. isn't it?" And he was absolutely hopeless. I mean, well, really hopeless. Yeah, because yeah, okay. it isn't easy. It's, it's difficult.
7: A, a cricket commentary is particularly particularly hard, and also because you've got to get the right tone. Um, I mean, to be fair, they weren't really trying uh, in any recognizable sense of the word to do to provide. Genuine cricket commentary, not least because Rob in particular knows nothing about cricket. I've done, I did a little bit of, um, uh, as a summariser once, on, on, on a local station when uh, in my early years as a Brighton fan, and uh, I was really, really awful, and I recognised those social... It was pre-social media, and all I can say is thank goodness for that because the, okay. uh, the the blistering ineptitude that I demonstrated on those afternoons was something that's yet to be surpassed. <laughs> yeah, Somebody will always, dig those tapes out. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's always struck,
3: struck <laughs> me as very difficult art. That. So, um, spring watch is on.
7: It is. Yeah, despite yeah. everything. Spring, the seasons are carrying on, they've decided. And uh, so, yes, Chris Packham and co. Are, are doing the usual thing, but normally they all gather at some and sit on sort of bales of hay somewhere, don't they, and, and sort yeah. of chat and exchange banter about uh, wildlife things <laughs> that go way over the, my head. Um, but this time they're all staying on home turf. They're all staying, or, or thereabouts, as close to home turf as you can get away with, which seems to be quite a long distance from home these days, apparently. But anyway, um, Chris uh, is in the New Forest, and the others are in Wales, Cornwall, and the Strachan is in... Um, in in South Africa, which is unfortunate because uh,
4: honestly, the last line of your review does sound
3: like a carry-on film. <laughs>
7: Sorry about that. <laughs> I well, I have to. You yeah, know, you, I'm very predictable. This. She's so. popping up
3: sense. and showing us some of her best bits. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, <like>. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I can I did want to read it. Out. <laughs> I, I used to watch this, I, this. This was my gig on on TV. But I to I always oh, got, the spring, you? Watch, you got the, the spring watch, the autumn watch, oh. and and the, and, the, and all that, and uh, a lot of material. So, I've w- well, yeah, it used to be... I mean, it wasn't them, but it would turn out a few absolute corkers uh, mm. for us. And I remember once uh, Martin Hughes-Games, who was one of the presenters, we had a clip with him, and then uh, the following week after the burp had gone out, uh, Chris Packham back reference to it so it was they were were clearly seeing the the clips but they never used to do that
7: with EastEnders clips did they (laughs) no no, no, they weren't Uh, quite as
3: happy not so keen (laughs) yeah Um, I think they got a bit happy when they got paid for them in the later series Mm. but anyway Springwatch yeah yeah, I've always uh, that's a good diverting our
7: Italy, It is diverse. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, mean, I suspect, you know, because obviously they've had time to repair. It will be a little bit more than just people sort of shouting at us down their iPhones. You know, it, it'll yeah. be, you know, be, and we're now getting used to these sort of home produced programs, aren't, we? aren't we? The sort of, it, we? We accept this as sort mm. of uh, the, the quality isn't as great as it would be in a perfect world, but it's certainly better than uh, it was at the start, so I
4: haven't got time to go into it here, but probably to But the Archers came back yesterday. it was a disaster. Oh, really disappointed. Oh, was this the one disaster. where they're all doing it
7: from home? You know. uh, it's
4: their inner thoughts. I mean, I've never oh, whoever no. came up with this idea was completely bonkers. That anyway, that? let's <laughs> carry on with. It's not telling. going to be like that the whole
7: time, is it? Is that just a one-off? Uh, apparently, like, oh, no, no. Apparently,
3: it's going. to it's going to be like. awful. Oh. Anyway, shall I have for tea tonight? Was it slightly echoey like this, like this? It's it's Exactly. Like this. <laughs> oh, it's not, yeah.
4: is it? Yeah. It was really quite poor, there were sort of gaps. The actor would. Say something and leave a little pause. So I, I, in the end, drove my wife mad. I played the other character.
3: <laughs> I just kept going, yeah, well, that's be. really interesting. Mm, I can, yes, I can see how that, you, that might get annoying. Uh, um, it was. So, uh, where, where should we go next? Uh, that uh, spring, what, House through property? time. A house through time. What's all this about? Yeah,
7: this is uh, this is a uh, history series. Uh, uh, David o- Olusoga, who's basically a historian, who uh, whose who's, who's shtick, as it were, is that he he discovers old properties with a sort of fantastic history to them. Right. and then goes through, you know, it, it's a bit like a sort of property version of, of uh, Who Do You Think You Are? So he goes yeah. through all the sort of archives and the art, library records and the story of the people who have lived in these places over the decades, over the centuries. Um, they, they, they're not, you know, significant to the whole wider world as it's such. It's not telling you things that sort of changed the shape of the country as we know it. But they're little sort of snapshots of ordinary lives. I say ordinary, they're obviously quite wealthy lives in not lot of these basics. they're huge houses but mm-hmm. um, um, yes it's intriguing in its own way because it, it, it just does make you stop it. if you live in an old house any old house you do sometimes wonder as I do because our house is about 150 years old something like that you do wonder I wonder who was standing once and where I'm standing right now and, yeah. um, you know, were they doing TV previews on a Tuesday afternoon? <laughs> yeah, Almost certainly I like not.
3: I'd <laughs> like to think they were. Uh, just finally, a bit like the old lockdown tale, something that's come out of yeah. of, of, mm. of the situation. This is unprecedented. BBC Four tonight at 10 o'clock it's got <laughs> he- cast, has got a heck of a cast. It has got a
7: heck of a cast. I'll be honest, I don't know very much about it because there's no previews of, of, of this. But you've got the likes of uh, Alison Steadman, James Norton, Gemma Arterton, Rory Kinnear, Lenny James. And these are all these are going to be Quality. going out... Uh, for half an hour for I think it's the next three nights and there's one other episode possibly next week and they're just ten minute sort of mini uh, plays as it were a whole whole bunch of the top playwrights have written them, big cast and they're all reflecting different aspects of the current situation, the NHS side of it the, the lockdown side of it, etc, etc so I know no more than you but it's 10 o'clock BBC4 tonight and for the next couple of nights at least.
4: Fantastic. Yeah. It's interesting the old 10 minute concept, I know we've got to move on but yeah. I loved last year the Chris O'Dowd and Rosamund Pike thing, I loved that little series of 10 minute Yeah, yeah. That was excellent. Just, it's, anyway, it's, more it, of it, that yeah. I think. The Hawksby and
0: Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
6: Don't ask me to leave
1: it out. Here we
3: go then, five questions based on last week's shows. Andy got the magic five out of five somehow last week. Uh, let's see if he can do it again. First ever back-to-back. <laughs> back. from
4: Adrian. I certainly did, made them too easy.
3: See, if these are much tougher. <laughs> Andy, you appeared in a documentary on TalkSport on Sunday. Uh, what's the new series called? The Deep Dive? Or the Dive. What are you going uh, with? The dive. The dive is right. I mean, oh, maybe I should well, take so. your first answer. I know a certain man who supports Peterborough s- suggests I I was do. on
4: Match of the Day on Saturday as well. I was. Like, Were oh, you really? Picture myself. I must send you the photo. Yeah, Drogba scored that goal in 2007. And you can see me behind the goal celebrating.
3: Oh, what about that? Excellent. Yeah, okay, a, uh, we spoke yeah. to our old mate Adam Richmond on Thursday from Man vs. Food. He's doing a new YouTube series built around what food stuff? Oh, goodness. Adam.
4: Oh, come on. Oh god, any. Oh no! It's no? not waffles. It's not
3: pancakes. It's it, the two things it isn't. <sighs> Fine crab cakes? No, it's not. I don't Close know. I biscuits. He did, uh, oh, he did biscuits. Doing chocolate digestives. The humble <laughs> custard cream. Uh, we spoke to David Nilsson, the Coronation Street actor, who slips the name yeah. of which club's players into Corey. Leicester. Leicester. That's right.
4: Yeah, big uh, Leicester why fan, Yeah.
3: Why did we speak to golfer Connor Syme last Tuesday? What Connor had, he done? had been doing something online.
4: He'd been playing an online game, and something happened to him. But I can't remember. Oh, that's, a, that's a good question. Yeah. And I do remember the conversation, but I can't remember what we're talking about. He it's won great, a
3: European it? tour event without leaving his front oh, room yeah. on a simulator. Right. You yeah, were yeah, close-ish. Yeah. And uh, Ish. Matt Letitia joined us last Monday because it was the return of Harry's Heroes. But it was Harry's Heroes, colon. What was the next bit? What was the, the, the story? What was it called? Harry's heroes. Mm, something in Europe. Something. Euro <sighs> having a laugh. There we are. Adrian, will oh, be uh, pleased. Yeah. <laughs> was Normal service is resumed. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. Oh, you'd be so happy. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, from <laughs> one. Have a fine evening. Was that better, Adrian? Get in there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. More <Yeah>. like it. <laughs>
4: it was that fraud yes. last week. <laughs> Perfect. The
3: Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. So there we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. Of course. Uh, the deep dive. The dive. I mean, it was a rocky start, and then it just got progressively yeah. more difficult for you, didn't it? One of those. Yeah, days. it was
4: very tricky. Yeah, I did yeah. my best. <laughs> you did. At least it cooled down. The first hour of the show, honestly, I
3: couldn't understand why I was so lethargic.
4: The heating was on full. <laughs> it was about eighty. Hours. Ridiculous. Oh ridiculous. No.
3: That's not I good. Don't. That's Never mind. Not good. Anyway, <laughs> um, cool down. <laughs> we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks ever so much for uh, downloading us. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Hold up.